Pastor Bob. Let's see you guys. I have been reading through the Old Testament prophets of late, and um, I got to Jeremiah. And in the first nine or ten chapters of Jeremiah, God is really upset with Israel and Judah. Um, it seems that they have been worshiping false gods. And that's kind of the foundation of their sin. And the Lord, he, he's, he talks about being heartbroken, um, talks about being kind of disgusted with them. Um, but there's always this, this, um, this sliver of hope. Come on, you can come in and sit down. Come on, guys. There's always this little sliver of hope that he kind of weaves through because our God is a God of grace. Our God is a God of love and mercy. But there he is, he is very angry with Judah and Israel. By the time, um, I mean, there, there's, there's some things in here that uh, chapter 5 he talks about, I'm sorry, chapter 4. This is, this is how uh, Jeremiah feels. He said, my anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the walls of my heart, my heart is beating wildly. I cannot keep silent for I hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. And it just continues on. Jeremiah is brokenhearted. God is brokenhearted. And then when you get to chapter 7, um, God gets a little bit personal now. And he's, he's going to talk about, like, he's going to get into particulars about what he is so frustrated with. Um, Israel and Judah and uh, chapter 7 verse 5 he says this for if you truly amend your ways and your deeds if you truly now this means he's calling them out because they've been doing the exact opposite of this and they say they want to come back to the Lord he says well if you really want to this is what he says execute justice one with another you know what that means just treat each other nice with love and respect do not oppress the sojourner. That means be nice to the stranger, the person you don't know. That lady in front of you in the line with the unruly child, you can make funny faces at him to keep him occupied. Bless the sojourner. Do not oppress the fatherless or the widow or shed innocent blood in this place. If you do not go after other gods to your own harm, other gods my goodness i know that we don't worship um images of of uh, wood or gold or silver but we all have our own gods in our life that we worship to our own harm the scripture says he says if you if you if you really amend your ways then i'm going to let you dwell in this place so god is speaking to the nation there he tells them you know just treat each other nicely just be nice to the father or the orphan and the widow and the per and the stranger and stop worshiping other gods to your own harm. But now then he's going to get in a little bit, he's going to get a little individualistic. He's going to get personal in verse eight. He says, behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. That means that we believe the lie and it doesn't do us any good. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, making offerings to Baal. Now, I know that there's um, that these, these ideas of stealing and murder and committing adultery, those seem like the big sins. Those are like the, whoo, we'll stay away from those. But if you recall, when we looked through and we went through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus raises the bar. He says, 
if you if you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of the fires of hell. If you look at a woman with, with lust in your hearts, you've committed adultery with her already. And so I look at this, and I'm like, oh my goodness. This is not for Israel and Judah. This is for the church today. That, that we, would, we would stop walking away from God because these are the things that made God very angry with his people, very angry. But then, as you continue through, you get to chapter 9. And Jeremiah is, is really sad. Um, he says, my, my joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick within me. Behold the cry of the daughter of my people from the length and breadth of the land. And he just continues on like it's just falling apart before us. These people are stiff-necked. They're missing the point. They're doing all this, this yuck, and God is upset. But then there's this verse. 23. And it says this, thus says the Lord, thus, it's right there, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. So the wise, I mean, I've never been called a wise man. A wise guy has crossed my path a lot of times, but never a wise man. Um, let not the person who thinks they've got it all figured out, who can take knowledge and, and just kind of apply it to everyday life, don't let him boast in his ingenuity or the way he can handle people and situations and things. And he says then, don't let the mighty man boast in his might. Don't let physical prowess and your physical strength think you're all that in a bag of rice and you should boast and look how strong I am. I have an ab right here. Go ahead, punch it. Don't, uh, I'm just kidding. But, but don't boast in this, 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 this physical bravado that you think you just might have. And then he continues on. Don't let the rich man boast in his riches. Now, I know that um, many of you in here wouldn't consider yourselves rich. Uh, but according to the rest of the world, we are filthy rich. Filthy rich. People, people would die for our financial problems. They would hope to have our financial problems. So we've got a lot of money. I mean, we've got two cars, TV in almost every room. Not a, I mean, got one in the bedroom in the air conditioning when it's hot, heat when it's cold. Food. I got this thing, it's white. It, no, ours is, ours is beige, Sandy. And you open the door and it's cold in the box and it keeps my food fresh. They don't have those things in many, many parts of the world. So the rich man is not to boast in all of the possessions because it's all just meaningless. Everything I own one day will be in a landfill along with your stuff. But then he says, let him who boasts boast in this that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord now watch this I am the Lord who practices steadfast love justice and righteousness in the earth for in these things I delight now the word justice it means it means just that justice it, it, it's it's making what is wrong making it right Betsy Garner Hendrick turn around and focus sheesh you're worse than the children and and so <laughs> I just reprimanded our patriarch of the church here <laughs> or matriarch I'm sorry matriarch now where was I I uh, you better because um, 
So justice and righteousness, they're what you would think they are. God delights in justice. He delights in righteousness. But that, but that, that steadfast love thing grabbed a hold of me. Because it means exactly, you know, that, that never-ending love, the never-stopping love, the love that doesn't wane, the love that doesn't go up and down. It's just this constant flow of love. But there's another meaning to that, that phrase, steadfast love, and it's, and it's the idea of loyalty, that God is loyal to us. That God is loyal to us. That he's going to keep his promises to me this this sinful man with a corner office that god is loyal and i and i just i was wrapping my mind around that and like loyal to what really and i believe uh, the spirit took me to genesis and you know genesis one everything is just amazing and god is whooping it i mean if he was preaching he'd be killing it but he's creating and he's even well he's life in it i guess you would say and um Chapter two, things get a little squirrely, you know, and he's creating stuff. By chapter three, it just, it falls apart. And um, women and man, man and women, they decided to go their own way. And so they eat the fruit. They know something's up because they realize that they're both naked. They didn't realize this before. Yes, Ethan, naked. They don't realize this before. But once they ate the fruit from the knowledge or from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they recognized it. And, and then it, it says it says this in the, in the scripture. Um, As they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Where does it, oh, here. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So they realize they're naked. They feel shame for the first time. And they take steps to cover their own shame with plant-based product. So God's like, man, what, do you, what did you guys do? Like, okay, here's what's going to happen. He lays out, it's, it, it's not going to go well. But then in verse 20, the man called his wife, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Well, the Lord did not agree that a plant-based item was enough to cover their shame. And so he had to sacrifice something to get the skin to then cover the man and the woman. It was God who covered their shame. God covered their shame, the shame of humanity from the very beginning. And I thought to myself, isn't that the picture of loyalty? Because throughout the entire Bible, you're going to see God stepping in to the mess that we have made, whether it be individual whether it be communal, whether it be societal, whether it be national, God is going to step in and cover our shame. We can't do it. We use plant-based products. It's not going to do it. There had to be him being involved. And that brings us to the loyalty that God shows us in this table. Matthew 26. 
And the scripture says this, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. God continues to stay loyal to his people that we can stand before him forgiven in the no matter what he is loyal in our uh, arrogance he is loyal in our pridefulness i don't even know if it's different from arrogance but it sounds good he is loyal in our anger in our sin in 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 our thought life in our heart life in our action god is there to continually through the blood of christ cover our shame we have been clothed with christ And so that is the celebration of the table this morning. The loyalty of God. The loyalty of God to people who don't deserve it. The loyalty of God to those who continue in those things that Israel and Judah were guilty of. Yet, we have Christ. We have this new, better covenant this body broken this blood spilled out from Genesis to Revelation God is loyal to his people let that kind of marinate as you come up and you take the communion elements and we will take them together Thank <laughs> you. 
God, our Father, Dad. Thank you for your steadfast love, that loyalty that you have to an unloyal people. Thank you that you are slow to anger. Thank you that it's your your desire to love us, to bless. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take this all of you and eat it for this is my body broken for you. supper was ended again he took the cup and he gave thanks and praise and he gave the cup to his disciples and said take this all of you and drink from it for this is the cup of my blood the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins some in here they've hung their head in shame because of their disloyalty to the things of God you know better right that phrase you should know better is not a phrase that God would ever use that's a phrase of the enemy to cause you to wallow in guilt and shame because present in this room this morning is the steadfast love of God present in this room this morning is the spirit of God and he is covering our shame taking it away that when the father looks down on each and every one of us those who by faith have received Jesus as Lord and Savior when God looks down upon us he doesn't see dirty Dennis if you use that outside of this room ever again I'm going to kick you but anyway When God looks down on me, he sees Christ. The scripture says that we've been clothed with Christ. And so that picture in the garden where God sacrifices something and hides the shame of Adam and Eve with the skins of animal animals, God gave his one and only son to be the sacrifice to cover my shame once and for all. Your shame is covered. Grace has been poured out. Remember last week I said, like, you woke up this morning and this, this angel stood over your bed and just heaped upon you this big, gooey bowl of mercy. It was brand new, cooked up in the middle of the night. The scripture says it's new every morning. It doesn't go stale. It doesn't rot. It's just fresh. The mercy of God has drenched you in this place this morning.
And so we're going to continue with a little bit more worship. <laughs> 